Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Okay, we're back on the floor of the San Diego Convention Center at the San Diego Comic-Con International, the biggest pop culture show in North America, as if you haven't figured out already. Yes, indeed we do, but I'm, but no matter the, the, the blaring speakers, I'm here with Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti. Thank you so much for being on More to Come. Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. And hopefully they can hear me. Thank you but, for having us. See, as you can tell, we are direct in the belly of the beast here. Uh, so you're you're both uh, a renowned comic book couple, a renowned uh, comics artist, writer. You do a lot of things. Um, and I know you got a couple of books coming up, but what I really want to talk to you about is, is Harley Quinn. Sure. If I may. Oh, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, now, I, 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 frankly, I'd, I'd love to talk to our listeners a little bit about the beginning of the character. Yeah. And then, like, where you guys jump in to it and okay. how she's changed. Which she, She's become a, she was a, a side character who now is really, I think, really one of the iconic characters in the DC Universe. I think Jim yeah. called her the fourth tier, right? She's yeah, I think character. so. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we, you know, when we were, um, you know, we, we grew up Harley, the animated series, obviously. Mm-hmm. Bruce, Tim, and Paul Dini. Mm-hmm. That's the Harley we knew. Sure. And uh, there was a couple of comic versions, and then a few years back, I I worked on writing uh, the Injustice game, mm-hmm. and we put Harley Quinn in the game, and it was sort of like an e- more evil, more deadly Harley Quinn. Yeah. And randomly at a show we were at, um, Harley was not coming out. I think there was another series that got canceled, mm-hmm. and uh, I was at a con- I was at a uh, retailer retailer summit, meeting right? summit, and. Uh, I was there with Dan DeDio, and uh, one of the retailers came over and said, you know, you should do, like, you know, Deadpool's big. You should do, like, Harley Quinn book now, you know? It'd be big. And Dan just turned to me and said, you want to do Harley Quinn? And I'm like, yeah, let me, you know, and maybe uh-huh. get Amanda to do it. I said, yeah, let me talk to Amanda when I get home. And that's how Harley Quinn started. Yeah, okay. But I don't think they ever expected it to do very well. And Dan said, we went to Dan, we want to do it our way. We want to kind of, like, get her out of Gotham. Build up a new life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's slightly in the future. It's it's after she gets out of the suicide squad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I'm yeah. not sure what year that is, but it's like slightly in the future. I see. Yeah. And uh, for us, because we felt like she's a supporting character with Batman, supporting character with Joker. If I'm gonna, we're gonna write a book about her. I can't have her be a supporting character anymore. So in we her own said, book at, at that. Right. You know? So instead of being the squeaky, you know, happy kind of. We kind of tried to build up a personality, her life, who she is, yeah. who her parents are, who her family, her new family is. Moving her to New York. Moving I mean, her to New York. Coney Island. Coney Island was such an amazing <laughs> device, I, I Well, it's think. like right what you know. So yeah. being a Brooklynite <laughs> yes, Brooklyn for my whole life, yeah. I put her in the building that's right near Nathan's. That's yeah, the, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It was actual building, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. And she's a Bensonhurst girl. Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, Canarsie. So. Canarsie, she's yeah, a Canarsie girl. You're right. Yeah. Not a Bensonhurst girl. Paul Dini she's a Brooklyn girl. Yeah. So we, we changed that all around, and then we did a zero issue, which was a funny thing. In San Diego, right when we got the gig, I, I had this dream that we did an issue with a different artist on each page. And we literally had breakfast with Dan Nadio in the morning, and I said, we have this idea. I dreamed this last night. A different artist in, in every page, and by the end of the book, Harley picks out which one she wants for the series. Well, Dan's like, well, that's like how many different artists? I said, probably 18 different artists for the book. And he said, 
Well, if you can get me 18 artists to do it, you can do it. So I went here on a Saturday <laughs> and walked around with a list. Amanda and I went yeah. and we asked, Bruce Tape, can you do a page? Darwin Cook, can you yeah, do yeah, a page? Yeah, it was... Dan, Not a it bad was lineup, a, yeah. 2013. It yeah. was San Diego of okay. 2013, and, and we just walked around. And we gave Dan the list and said, there's the list. He goes, all right, we'll do a zero book. Okay, there you go. Well, talk about your great recruiters. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. just, well, yeah, they're you all got friends clout. that always Yeah, you got a little clout. <laughs> we, have, we have photos. And... Um, but it was an odd thing to do, right? A zero book before it launches. I mean, of a car, yeah. you know. Everything about it was kind of crazy, and we never thought it would take off. But we're happy it did, yeah. and it took off. I mean, two years in, it's the number one Halloween costume in the United States before the Suicide Squad movie yeah. comes out. Yeah, and then right? after it was insane, and then after it was insane. But yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, it was kind of crazy, and we're happy for it. And we killed ourselves for four years. <laughs> we have to, yeah. actually there's three omnibuses worth of oh, okay. yeah. books that we did in four years. That's a lot. Well, I can't even keep up, but because I, yeah. I mean, I was always interested in Harley Quinn, but really the changes. I mean, the new costume, yeah. the clothes. That's her fault. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, that's you. You're the. That's my thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's not your fault. It's your that's inspiration. That's what I do. <laughs> it is around it our is. house. It's uh, her fault. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and don't you forget yeah. it. Right. <laughs> uh, well, well, what about the, the team-ups and the partnerships uh, with Power Girl, for instance? Those issues were really fun. That was uh, a lot of fun. Well, here's Boys, Boys and Ivy. Yes, Boys yeah. and Ivy. I mean, you know, Boys and Ivy is like her soulmate. You yes. Know, she just, you know, they're just, yeah. they, they drive each other nuts yeah. and they adore each other yeah. at the same time. Um, Power Girl, our excuse for Power Girl is that we loved working on Power Girl so much back in 2009 and 2010, I think. That we were just like, we missed this character. I know, let's put her in Harley. Yeah. So, so that's what we ended up doing. We just, you know, it was an excuse for us to have Power Girl as a character again. Eventually, well, you know, we all love Power Girl. There's a theme that's going to run with all the books we do, and you're going to see it's like all the characters we ever worked on appear in the next books. Yeah. Starfire had Atlee. Oh, right, yeah. Atlee's in Harley. Uh, Starfire, yeah. you know. We got like Quinn universe. All the characters we like, <laughs> yeah. and they're all kind of out, out of continuity. Well, Power Girl, and we did. We love Power Girl, so we put her in everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I don't know. It's it feels like our little pocket universe, I guess, in a way. But mm. at the same time, I, I, you know, we did the little black book where she was with Superman, she was with Green Lantern and Lobo, and it, we just had so much fun. Yeah. So much exhausting fun. Yeah. Well, obviously, I mean, what what? These are great stories and beautiful art. But Thank it's you. also a lot of fun. Harley Quinn is a lot of fun. And yes. That's a, that's she is a ton of fun to yeah. write. I, you know, she's just so... She's just as entertaining to write as she is to read. You know, she's just... She's great. Now, sometimes you write and you draw, and then sometimes you both We always write. both write. You always both write. Right, but yeah. once in a while she can fit in and she yeah, draw. He uh, does, does all more the writing than I do, and mm -hmm. I do more art than he does, mm -hmm. but we both... Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you do art too as well. Yeah, I, I, you know. Yeah. He's really good. He won't admit it, but he's really good. I'll sketch for a fan or something. I'll yeah. do that. Uh, well, that's great. Um, well, I was wondering about like how you work together, but I, you kind of gave me, uh, gave me a clue. Yeah. Yeah, we, we work very well yeah. together. Yeah. Um, we love each other, so it's well, easy to Well, I can see that that's, a work, having, that's having, part of the work yeah, element too. Yeah, having separate studios helps. Okay. Yeah, she keeps yeah. saying that. Right? I get the <laughs> 
But don't you I'm like having your own? You're going to get a separate house. Uh-oh, there we go. Uh-oh. All right, a scoop, Uh-oh. ladies and gentlemen. we got a scoop here. You know, they're they're <laughs> pretending they're pretending to be uh, <laughs> arguing. For um, me, thank you. Yeah, yes, that's your house. <laughs> so, she um, wants to buy the Brady Bunch house. It's for sale. I do. Yeah, the Brady Bunch house. One point nine million, and I told her to get like, back on the drawing board. This is truly the pop culture life. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> I want that house so bad. All right, well, so bad. Maybe I can interview about that the next time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. So now you're, there's a, a Harley crossover with, with Gossamer. Gossamer. This is another of the uh, Warner Tunes. Con- yeah, yeah, yeah one, and, which uh, really interesting. Well, we love Gossamer. We actually uh, Amanda actually put him on a cover of just one of the Looney Tunes month, uh, and. We actually started writing a story for that, and then when Dan said, would you want to do one of these? And we said, can we do Gossamer? And we understood that nobody would know who Gossamer is, and it might be the lowest selling. I wasn't even of, sure when I saw it. Right, it might be the lowest selling of all the Looney Tune books, but when you hold it in your hand and read it, right. it's going to be a different be story. Yeah. It is the great, it's, it's beautiful, Pierre Brito. And Alex and uh, Paul Mounts did an amazing job it on it. It's yeah. stunning. It's really All right. good. So it's going to be one of those books, probably underwarded, but people are going to go, oh, yeah. wow. You know, right, right. <laughs> well, I, I looked at it too, and I was like, hmm. But, you know, the others worked so well in that unusual team up. I remember the yeah. Flintstones. They're I was fun. really surprised. Keyword is fun so, here. Yeah. Everything's keyword no. is fun. So, well, look, uh, look. this is really great to, to get to talk to you. I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, Thank you, Calvin. I'm sure our listeners are going to love it, too. I hope so. We they love better. Fans. Yeah, that's right. Or <laughs> no, Jimmy's going to come and get that dial. All right. So, look, thank you both for being oh, on Mordecai. It was well, it's a real no pleasure. All right. we, thank, thank the fans for reading Yeah, the well, you just yeah. did. Thank okay. you, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Okay, we're back on the floor of the San Diego Convention Center at the San Diego Comic-Con International, the biggest pop culture show in North America. Um, and then we're at Europe Comics booth, and we're here to talk with uh, two artists who will have books in the U.S. market very soon. Um, I'm talking with uh, Ifa. Um, his book uh, is a graphic biography of the great painter Monet. And Zero Calcare, uh, who has... Uh, self uh, uh, autobiographical uh, stories uh, that are both funny and uh, um, and serious. Uh, so it, uh, hopefully that's a good way to describe you. Uh, welcome to both of you to more to come. Hi. <laughs> so I'm. I will jump around and talk to you both. I'm going to go to Zero first um, uh, because your books are very. Your book uh, Cobain Calling. And I also read the other one, Tentacles on My Throat. I read that one, uh, which is a sort of you looking back on your life. Um, but let's we'll, we'll talk first about um, Cobain Calling, since this is coming out. Uh, when is it coming it's out? It's come out already. It's already out from Lion Forge. Um, uh, it was a few months ago. Uh-huh. Um, it's, uh, we'll describe it for uh, our listeners. Allora, è un diario di viaggio che ho fatto nel 2015 a seguito di un viaggio nel nord della Siria. This is a travel journal that I did in 2015 following a trip to northern Syria in 2014. 
in cui siamo andati per aiutare i curdi che resistevano all'assedio di Kobane da parte dello Stato Islamico. And we I went there with a group of volunteers we were trying to help the Kurdish populations who were fighting ISIS at the city of Kobane. E questo è il racconto di una persona che viene da, dall'Italia, quindi lontanissimo e che non conosce neanche quella realtà, che prova a raccontare quello che ha trovato e in particolare non soltanto quel combattimento di resistenza, ma quella rivoluzione femminista e ecologista che i curdi stanno provando a fare. So this is the story of a person who comes from Italy who knows nothing about what's going on in that part of the world and goes to that part of the world and tries to understand and tell of not only about the fight of the Kurdish uh, population against ISIS but also of the construction of a, of a society of feminism of, uh, of democracy mm-hmm. well you combine humor uh, and politics and the politics of a very desperate situation extremely well um, is, is, has your work always been this way? Allora, eh, io sono abituato a fare delle cose umoristiche e anche il mio pubblico, anche prima di questo lavoro, mi conosceva soprattutto per le cose umoristiche, però ho anche una biografia di militante politico. So my audience has always known me for my humoristic uh, style. This is what I've always been done, but also I have uh, also been uh, a political militant in in sort. E questo era una maniera di unire quelle due identità e di provare a raccontare una storia seria, però sempre con gli strumenti umoristici con cui il pubblico mi conosceva. So this work is actually the union of these two parts of me in one, uh, and so it was for me a way to tell a serious story by using my the two that I knew best that is uh, humor and irony um, and well it's, it's you, you also go into some very dangerous territories you're interrogated by the police um, uh, how how was this book re- received when it was first uh, released in Italy I assume il libro è andato molto bene nel senso che io avevo paura che il fatto di parlare di un tema politico serio allontanasse il mio pubblico e invece ha venduto più di 100.000 copie e è stato accolto molto bene anche da persone che non c'entrano nulla con la geopolitica o che non si interessano di solito a questi temi I was afraid when it was first published i was afraid that my or my usual audience would not like this new me but in fact it was very very well received we sold 100,000 copies oh. and in fact the book was also uh, uh, well accepted by people who were who are not in that much into current affairs and geopolitical questions yes i mean the the humor and uh, if I may say to you, your own crazy personality uh, uh, is attractive, you know, probably to people who are maybe are not political, you know, in, you know ordinarily. Sì, ma io penso sempre che il problema della politica spesso è come la si racconta, il fatto che una persona sembra fuori, spesso chi fa politica viene percepito come se fosse fuori dal mondo un alieno, in realtà è importante raccontare come invece la politica si intreccia anche con le cose di tutti i giorni, con le serie tv, con tutto. Um, in fact, uh... 
That's a tricky one now to translate. In fact, I think that the problem with politics is also how it is told, how politics are told. Because if it's told by someone who is uh, inside, who, who relates politics to everyday life, it is more easy to understand. <laughs> do, do, who are his influences? Who were... Yeah, yeah. And, and Americans too, if there are some Americans you admire? Allora, sicuramente ho letto tantissimo, spesso si fa riferimento a Giosacco perché per i reportage a fumetti è super importante. I've surely, of course, I have read Giosacco, so this mm-hmm. is undeniable. Yeah. Ma in realtà i miei riferimenti sono molto più pop, nel senso che io ho letto molti, molti Marvel, ho letto Dragon Ball, io ho anche molti riferimenti mainstream di quel tipo. So, but in reality my influences are actually very, very few, I would say, because I've read Marvel comics, I've read Dragon Ball. Uh, more mainstream really? as very we call different. them. Yes, very different. Very different from what you do. Yeah, it seems to me. Però li cito sempre proprio perché sono parte del mio background. Li cito sempre nei But I, I, I talk about them often in my comics. I talk about these comics often in my works because they're important for me. This, his, it, it, his work reminds me a little bit of Peter Bag. I don't know if you're Peter familiar with his work. For early Peter Bag from the hate period. <laughs> very personal. He's not as political but it's very social yeah yeah anyway just per my own observation you'll look look into it and this is also uh, this is uh, this is Nazelli Kuregan who's doing some of the uh, translating here all right I'm going to jump now to if uh, uh, and to talk about uh, this biography of Monet um, but tell us um, our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background if you can okay I'm coming from Catalonia Spain mm-hmm. so uh, but I'm working I've been working for almost 20 years for the French comic industry uh-huh. so uh, because in Spain it's not that easy to, hey, it's, it's a very small uh, it's, a, it's a small industry yeah mm-hmm. so uh, and my background my references were almost uh, French and Belgian mm-hmm. so uh, I went there to meet publishers and editors to uh, propose uh, my projects and my ideas uh, 20 years ago so here I am mm-hmm. and uh, this is Monet is my uh, 19th book oh okay. so uh, <laughs> yes so you're a veteran <laughs> yeah, but, yeah I'm, a, I'm a kind of veteran yeah. even if I'm, I'm old yet yeah, but, uh, <laughs> and um, here what I'm trying is uh, to make a, a tour de force in my career by starting painting by hand all my books uh-huh. So, because I, I'm uh, an amateur painter, mm-hmm. so it's not it's not uh, free that we made the book about Monet, uh, and uh, this was a challenge for me mm-hmm. because uh, I w- I was risking myself to be easy compared to the work of the master. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> and uh, also a risk because I had to uh, remain narrative. I'm not doing painting, I'm doing a comic book. So I'm, I have to be clear and narrative and staying sure. on the path of the story. But you work with a writer? Yes. 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 Yeah. He's, uh, he's, um, he has studied... Uh, What's his uh, name? Rubio? Rubio, Salva Rubio. Mm-hmm. He studied uh, art history in Spain, uh-huh. so he knows very well the subject mm-hmm. and the theme, so it was no problem for him. But what we proposed ourselves was to discover not the, not the known... Uh, Monet, not the known character, mm-hmm. not that old man in Giverny that he's right. already famous, but how he became mm-hmm. 
that famous, but how he became the, the most famous painter in the world. So there's very few people who knows his story, his, uh, the tragedies he's lived, all the misery he lived through, yeah. and we want to explain that because we thought it was more important that the old man who's staying in his house in the center of France painting the water lilies. Mm. So it's interesting too, but how he became... How he got to yeah, that point. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, what you've done is combine comics and painting, I mean, yeah. and, and you have tried to recreate mm-hmm. his work, his sensibility, yeah. the sensibility of the impressionist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a, uh, that's quite a responsibility for a comics artist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, my editor uh, at the start of the book he told us to be aware, not to go uh, as far as the <laughs> paintings of Monet himself. So it was, as, as I was saying, it was yes, uh, quite a challenge to. Mm-hmm. to remain clear to really uh, be uh, aware that we were making a, rom- a graphic uh, novel mm-hmm. not uh, not a collection of uh, pictures <laughs> or, yes. yeah um, uh, well the NBM is putting this book out um, I don't know is it already published yeah, or yeah, it's yeah, already yeah. published yeah. here in a um, well, what I would like to ask you now, have you been to the San Diego Comic-Con before? It's the first time. This is your first time? Yeah. Well, I, I, I always want to get the impressions of anyone who first but arrived here. It's, I think it's the huge popular culture <laughs> convention that I've been in my life. So, grosso modo, the, the organization is very similar that the, with, um, with the conventions we have in Spain, uh, overall uh, those in Barcelona, uh-huh. uh, because we... That's uh, almost four years that it's been done in Barcelona. Right. So, so there is an American yeah. style pop but, culture. Yeah. yeah, and but here it's huge. Yes, it is. <laughs> I don't but, I've been to Angoulême, yeah. which is huge in its own way, yeah. obviously, but uh, it's still a very different kind of show. Yeah, I think in France, the, that kind, of, this kind of conventions are more uh, book and outdoor yeah. centered, mm-hmm. and here it's all the the mix of popular culture. Yeah. So I'm amazed of uh, the few books we find in the whole space there are books but there are there are booths like Marvel which has no books in it so you say okay but it's a comic convention you're not selling comics so we don't understand because conventions for us in Spain and for France it's for the publish to promote and to sell the books uh, having the authors and the artists uh, present uh, sure. the, uh, well, they're, they're here and there are more books than ever before but yes that's true I, I was amazed when I was at Angoulême that it was all totally books yeah I mean um, but I'm going to jump yeah. back to Zerok because I want to ask I want to ask you the same thing about is this your first San Diego Comic Con yeah. uh, but before you answer that I'm curious You uh, now as I spoke to you before you had some issues uh, with your visa and obviously you, do, you did a book about going to you know uh, Kurdistan and, and and of course we are right now the political situation in this country with people with visas is is crazy so I'm curious what was your situation what could you tell us about it allora io non potevo avere l'esta uh, tradizionale perché avevo visitato alcuni paesi tra cui l'Iraq quindi dovevo andare a fare un'intervista all'ambasciata per avere un visa diciamo I couldn't have the visa the automatic the online uh, visa authorization that usually Italian citizen have because I had visited one of the countries that are on, on the uh-huh. list I had visited Iraq so I had to go for a traditional uh, visa interview at, uh, at oh, the consulate uh, uh, in realtà... make sure you weren't a terrorist yeah, yeah. 
<ride> in realtà pensavo che bastasse portare il lavoro che facevo per spiegare il motivo per cui ero andato e nel momento in cui sono andato all'ambasciata sembrava che andava tutto bene nel momento in cui hanno letto la parola combattenti kurdi e stato islamico si è bloccato tutto infatti quando andavo all'ambasciata pensavo che sarebbe stato molto facile perché avrei solo mostrato il libro per cui avevo andato in Iraq e non lo capiscono ma in realtà non è così come è andato ho mostrato il libro Cobain e quando hanno visto i militanti kurdi quando hanno visto le parole militanti hanno visto e islamico e islamico stato ISIS le cose sono bloccate e per settimane non mi hanno fatto sapere nulla so che mi hanno chiesto tutta una serie di accertamenti attraverso cui hanno anche trovato il mio lavoro anche da militante politico e tutto è rimasto bloccato per settimane so per un paio di settimane mi hanno chiesto più e più documenti e attraverso questi documenti hanno scoperto che sono anche un militante politico quindi la situazione è stata bloccata per due settimane e non mi hanno dato un'altra e 24 ore prima di, de, de, del volo in realtà mi hanno sbloccato anche per il fatto che ci sono state anche molte pressioni mi hanno parlato anche con alcuni giornali italiani e 24 ore before my scheduled trip the situation got unblocked I, got, I received the positive answer and I think it's also because there was already some talk about this uh, in, a, in Italian media in That's Italian newspapers Even uh, here in the US. Well, we're glad you made it. Uh, yes. So <laughs> uh, many people these days are not for many, reasons for reasons that seem like you're comic. <laughs> um, but what what do you think of San Diego Comic Con? Eh, per me è bellissimo nel senso. I, I think it's amazing Great. <ride> io non, appunto come EFA vengo da una realtà europea in cui i Comic Con sono soprattutto libri But I, I too, like Effa, come from a reality, from a European reality where Comic Cons are all about books. Però io sono un amante di tutta la pop culture, quindi anche dei, delle serie TV, dei film, e quindi questa cosa a me mi emoziona molto. But I am also really a lover of all kinds of pop culture and film and, and shows and everything. And Marvel. So, yeah, so this really, so this is really amazing for yeah. me. All right, well, I, I hope you enjoy it. It's the craziest place on earth for four days. <laughs> Um, look, I want to thank you both uh, for being on More to Come and good luck with your books. Uh, so thank you. Thank you very, thank much, you very much and welcome. Oh, yes, <laughs> well, welcome to Comic-Con. <laughs> welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, senior news editor of Publishers Weekly and co-editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics we are back on the floor of the San Diego Comic Con International uh, we're at the Lion Forge booth and I'm getting a chance to talk with Gail Simone uh, uh, renowned comics writer uh, well known for many things but we're going to talk now about you taking over the Catalyst Prime uh, universe here at Lion Forge this is very exciting for a lot of reasons thank you for being on more to come oh I really appreciate it thank you I wouldn't call it taking over okay I know but I'll pour language yet <laughs> poor okay. word choice <laughs> I'm not like the overlord okay all right um, but you're you're a director you're, you're yeah, you're I, arch- I, I saw chief architect yeah, or stuff I'm like be that involved quite okay involved. all right well actually the, maybe that's the first question what, what do your duties 
entail uh, in this job? We're still working a lot of that out, but basically it's going to be, I'll be co-writing the event that's coming out summer ah, of 2019. That was my first, that was going to be a question, where are you going to <laughs> be then, writing as well? Yeah. yeah. And then out of that event, I will be writing a book um, with a new character that ah, I'm very excited about. More answers to yeah. interesting questions. All right, great. And then in the meantime, I'm looking at all the characters and the storylines that have been going on before mm-hmm. and uh, thinking about how to like amp them up a little bit sure. you know mm-hmm. I love all the creative teams everyone's doing an amazing job mm-hmm. I want to also make sure that the books are new reader friendly and and make sure that things are crystal clear mm-hmm. so that people coming up into the universe can sure. can jump in all exciting points I mean I don't know if you saw the winners of the Eisners last night it was a really interesting evening uh, for maybe some of us who've been started coming to the Eisners a long time ago. I mean, women, uh, creators of color, LGBTQ-themed I know, works. I wasn't there, but I saw the yeah. list of winners, and I was so excited. It, it was a pretty exciting evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 went, it defaulted back to being a long evening. They've been cutting down the time, but you know what? It was worth it, uh, I think, for the excitement. Uh, so, uh, I mean, obviously, you've, you've been noted online as an advocate, obviously. This is the coming of the new world. Um, and Lion Forge has uh, kind of outlined its duty as being this kind of a publisher. Sure, and, you know, inclusion is important, and it's not just... It's important because these decisions to not be inclusive are still decisions that people have made Mm -hmm. throughout time and Mm -hmm. history. And to not reflect our world as it is and to ignore that we have a now potential global market is just... It makes no sense whatsoever to me. Not only being morally weird and wrong, it just doesn't make any Mm -hmm. business sense either. Mm -hmm. And um, for every little piece of backlash that you get, there's like a ton more people who are Mm -hmm. on board and who Mm want to see this. And these are modern characters Mm -hmm. created in the modern world Mm -hmm. so we don't have to go back and try to, quote, fix things that aren't, you know, don't, wear well in today's you know climate Mm -hmm. these are already there and i really love that and then we can grow with them moving forward because i'm sure 10 years from now we're going to have a different you know viewpoint than we have today even Mm -hmm. and these characters are going to be able to grow really well with Mm -hmm. that and it's really exciting to get so many different voices Mm -hmm. and and contributions coming in and i think it's about you know, when we talk about inclusion, it's it's about leveling the playing fields and mm-hmm. keeping the gates open and listening mm-hmm. and not just automatically going to what's been done over and over again. Mm-hmm. And that stuff's exciting because that's what gets us stuff that hasn't been done before that yeah. we can get excited about, you know. So does Lionforge have maybe an advantage in this? Because it's a kind of a, I mean, it's a startup and uh, the universe has kind of been designed from the beginning. I mean, as opposed to trying to back plot a variety of lines that well, were created in another time. Yeah, well, if I just go by like what people are coming up and telling me mm-hmm. or emailing me and what they, what their point of view is mm-hmm. about reading the Lion Forge books is they feel like they're reading about people they can relate to. And sure. even though they have extraordinary powers mm-hmm. and gifts, it's still, they feel like they could be friends with them or they could, you know, be a member of their family or whatever. And I think, you know, that is a little bit different stake than 
than your classic superheroes because even though you can do a small relatable storyline, it's still you know Superman at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about the book trade? I mean, another advantage that Lionforge seems to have is that it's conceived in relationship to both the direct market and to the book industry. So, but I think superheroes still have. Uh, you know, a challenge ahead to some degree. I don't know what. What are your thoughts on it? As far as as far as these works moving through the, uh, as collections, as book collections, as opposed to a periodical. Yeah, my thoughts are is from you know, and I'm very new to the Lionforge mm-hmm. family, so I'm still yeah, learning a lot. Sure. But when I'm learning and and talking to the the Lionforge team and family is that um, they have some very talented people mm. who are working very hard to make this stuff happen. It's also not something that automatically mm. happens. But when my sister, who's a elementary school librarian in a uh-huh. tiny town in Oregon with a very small budget, had already heard of Lion Forge uh-huh. and the comic Superb before I ever brought it up, <laughs> Word gets lets around. me know <laughs> that Lion Forge is doing something incredibly right um and that is a long reach and i'm very excited about that so what was what what's the background on your taking this position that was this uh, a long process um i mean i guess it, 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 did it start immediately after joe illich left or i don't i didn't start immediately after joe mm-hmm. left this is fairly recent i've never in my life made a decision this quickly uh-huh. um, we started out talking about you know me maybe writing a title for them and maybe be helping them through this event and then it just kind of grew and I t- I came back to them and said you know I think there's a couple things we should maybe think about and it might help and then the more we talked the more you know it just felt like something was brewing <laughs> something you know, there's, we kind of felt there's chemistry like, here <laughs> yeah and so then they came back to me and said hey you know how about would you like to do this position and this would be what you would be doing and I've done that on a very small scale with other companies mm. and I liked it when I participated in that and I've been parts of events and I've been you know on all levels of it mm. and I this is the part of them that I love yeah and so it was just everything was right at the right time I had my schedule freeing up from mm. other commitments where are you based by the way are you in New York I'm in Oregon in Oregon yeah. okay all right. okay well <laughs> And also, they well, were very, boards is kind of spread out yeah, around the country they were, anyway. Very every, accommodating every, yeah. in terms of I can still live in Oregon mm-hmm. and do this, and then just check in, with, sure. you know, in person uh, throughout the year. But just and then coming to San Diego and meeting people in person for the first mm-hmm. time, and it just all clicked and feels mm-hmm. very right, and it feels people are on the same page. We all have the same goals, and one of the questions I've asked. Carl and Dave is to tell me who their readers are right now mm-hmm. and who they want to have in the future so that I can start thinking about you know how to make that yeah. happen the mm-hmm. best you know the best way to, to do stories to um, help move that along and we're all thinking like that and so I'm just so excited yeah I it's a, it's going to be a large task I'm used to working all by myself mm-hmm. in a room yeah. and it, with the computer, you know, and this is going to be involving a lot more people, and um, I'm ready for it. Is it difficult for you to uh, set your time around? I mean, obviously, you've, you, you're a creative person as well. 
now you have some quasi-administrative duties to add on top of it. Uh, how do you do it? <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, okay, there you go. It's a work in progress. Yeah. Uh, um, this is great. Um, let's see. Uh, look, look, this is great. It's a very exciting, uh, your appointment. So, obviously, hopefully we'll talk again, you know, when yeah. you're further down the well, line. I think most people that know me know I love comics, mm. and they know I love superheroes, and I love yeah. telling you know grandiose fun stories and I think that's what we can kind of expect yeah. um, actually very quickly could you go over some of the changes and additions you mentioned so you say you're going to be writing uh, a story to to come right I'll be co-writing the event with uh-huh. uh, Alex that's coming out summer of 2019 okay great and then out of that event mm-hmm. I'll be writing a regular monthly book with a new character. Cool. All right. And, Great. Um, as far as the rest of it goes, it's still kind of a work yeah, in project sure. progress, and some of it we don't want to share yet. Okay. Absolutely. You know? All right. Well, look, this is it's really a pleasure to meet you and to get a chance to talk to you, and I certainly know of your work, and I think everybody's kind of looking forward to you know how you're going to fit in the mix here and where <laughs> where Lion Forge and Catalyst Prime is going. Thank you so much, yeah. and I'm so excited for more people to get to know these characters. Great. Well, thank you for being on More to Come. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, welcome to More to Come, PW Comics World's podcast of comics and graphic novel news. Heidi McDonald here at San Diego Day 1, 2, 1, Friday. Um, Anyway, I've been here for four days, so we're... Yeah, we're not... Yeah, you should talk to them. We're recording. We're recording. Um, Sorry, it's very real. It's very raw. It's uncensored, okay? So I'm here with Dane Hallett and Matt Hatton. Uh, and they are here with uh, a book at the Titan booth, which is uh, the, it's not the art of Alien Covenant. What's it called there, Dane? It David's is called drawings. David's, David's drawings. drawings. Okay, David's Drawings. Now, uh, we were just chatting a little before we recorded, um, and I confess that I loved the movie Alien Covenant, directed by Ridley Scott, the fifth, sixth movie of the Alien franchise. Uh, and one of the things I loved was David's creepy drawings. So let's, ex- if you haven't seen the movie, tough. Okay. So we're just going to get right into it. So tell me, you guys are like, you both work in like concept art and storyboards. Yeah. They're nodding. So yeah. Yes. <laughs> what do you guys do? What do you do for a living? Uh, this is Matt. Uh, I do movies. I, I jump between departments. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, concept art, storyboards, props, uh, set design. <laughs> there we go. Lots of things, whatever, whatever they need. Right. Um, and Dane, yeah, yeah, man of all trades. Concept too. art, yeah, and I, I jump around actually on films. Uh, sometimes I can go from doing concept art to also making props, but also dabble in special effects as well. So I jump around, but yeah, we love drawing mostly monsters, and um, I do a lot of weapon design on films. Are you? So. Where, are you? Where are you guys from? Sydney. Sydney. Oh, okay. You're Australian. I was. I didn't think you were Kiwis, so you're not part of the Weta family. No, no. Because I know they do all the. You know, everybody there does everything too, right? Yes, like cousins. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, Wow. Well, that's fantastic. I know you've worked on a lot of amazing movies that we all know and love. Um, Have you worked with Ridley before? No, no, yeah, no, not before Covenant. Oh, really? First time? Yeah. Wow. How was? Because he's a legend, right? Yes. So, what was it like going, you know, to say I'm going to work with Ridley Scott on an Alien movie? Well, we're both huge Alien fans, but we're also big fans of Blade Runner as well. And um, so, I mean, you know, it was pretty intimidating for me, at least. Yeah, well, it's, it's that we, we've grown up on both of those films and that sort of thing, and then getting into movies because of films like that. Uh, 
to finally be able to work on something and for him directly was fantastic. Yeah. So just to, for those who haven't seen the movie, basically David is the uh, android or, you know, made a human what, robot from Prometheus, which I hated, uh, <laughs> for the record, hated, hated. Uh, and he is marooned on a planet. And while he's there, he kind of goes a bit barmy. And they find that he's been doing these really disturbing drawings, right? So what was the, the, the task that you had with doing these drawings in the, in the movie? Well, basically, uh, they show his thought process and the arc of that and, and him unraveling. And so, you know, throughout the different sets, it starts out very innocent when they find his quarters and some, then something's not quite right. And when, when you get into... Uh, the lab and things like that and what seems like it's just an anatomical drawing is actually you know somebody's been played alive or, or you know he's tricked them to see that muscular job uh, and, and then it finally gets to where we find out what happened to Shaw and, and what might have happened. Right, right, right. Uh, and it really is like one of those I think what I really loved about the movie was that it had this sense of real creepiness and real like like awful things happening. I mean, it was it's quite violent, disturbing. I mean, like you said, they are anatomical drawings. Is that yeah. have you done those kind of drawings before or? Uh, no, but I had to get good quickly. So yeah, <laughs> we um, we referenced well, really wanted us to reference Rembrandt um, and uh, Da Vinci, you know, the anatomical sort of stuff. But I guess what's cool about doing Covenant was. They weren't just curious studies, so at least they start off that way, but then they become pretty sinister in how they manifest, you know, which that was super fun. Right, right. Yeah, well, they're quite disturbing. So when you get this book, you, you know, it is definitely creepy stuff. So let's, let's you know, maybe uh, a little bit weird. And also, I mean, obviously, uh, Geiger is, you know, must have been a huge influence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, Matt and I both love Geiger. You know, we've talked about this um, so many times because we... You know, we just really enjoyed his work uh, since, at least since I was a kid, and so um, it was a great honor to be able to play in his shadow, really. Right. Because yeah. that's the thing of being fans and then getting to do an homage like that. Yeah. Did you work at all? I know another thing that really struck me about this movie um, was that we see the alien this is actually takes place before alien um before the best known sigourney weaver alien so yeah. we see the the xenomorphs in different shapes and different phases right yeah. was that anything that you guys worked with or worked on or what was that that was uh a little bit but but that was mainly the province of mm -hmm. art uh and uh creatures, creatures inc yeah, yeah. Uh, who were the, they were right. the creature shop and you know we, and we go over there every chance we got and you know riff on that stuff as well did they do I gotta say though did they do this movie a lot with real like uh, with practical effects though right oh yeah Ridley loves to have you know the stuff on the set for reference like even if it is going to be replaced by CG and there are things like uh, when the Neomorph is running in the fields and stuff you, you just you can't physically have a human right. you know, uh, rigged up to, to, to do those movements at that speed and that sort of thing and be safe. Uh, but he would all, you know, as much as possible, um, I would, would have their creature right there so the photo reference would be perfect and they would shoot the test. Yeah. I believe they used a contortionist as well. They had a contortionist who got inside. Oh, he wore in the suit. Yeah. 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 I mean, look, you know, Odd and Adam Johansson and, uh, you know, those great people could speak. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 the reason I do bring that up though is I think that's also part of the 
the reason why I was so struck by the movie was it wasn't like a lot of CGI. Because I find yeah. that that when it's, you know, it's like Mad Max Fury Road. Like, everybody went in and saw that. Didn't one of you work on that, too? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah all right. Well, you know, yes. Okay, so we were... Yeah, right. But, I mean, another, that's another one. When we walked out of that theater, we're like, we're like, oh, my God, I'm I'm still in that truck because it was real. You yes, know? yeah. And, um, I mean, yeah, do you do you have any thoughts about that or, you know, about how CGI and real... Oh, man, I, like, I definitely <laughs> inherit the philosophy. You know, look, I'm not against CGI. Matt will go into this, I'm sure, but CGI is a great complement or basically it's a great tool that's used in the same way. When used properly, you, you technically wouldn't know it's yeah. there, you know? But um, in this day and age, you can pull off some amazing stuff with CG, but the great thing about Fury Road was it was the, the intention was to have the bones nutted out right there and then and uh, you know Colin Gibson was a production designer he won the Academy Award for that film he's something of a mentor to me and I inherit that philosophy I love the idea of things being absolutely real and, and the, the things that you discover in nature that you couldn't emulate no matter how imaginative you are there's tiny little bits of information yeah. that if you incorporate that it's great, like the moss on the bonnets of the cars or stuff, because those those cars were rotting in someone's field somewhere for the last 50 years, you know? Yeah. Well, our brain processes it differently. I mean, they've started to talk about how with CGI and, like, I think, like, even with, you know, I mean, let's be honest, Alien Covenant had a very mixed reaction, mm. but I think my own really visceral reaction to it was for that reason. It was because, like, these things were real, you know? Yeah. Like, and you got people had done these drawings and they were reflecting like this this actual real world and yeah. which made it way scarier I, you right. know yeah. although funnily enough so much of it wasn't real uh, yeah in the, in the final thing <laughs> yeah but that's the thing uh ridley has an amazing eye and he's a trained artist and that sort of thing and and george as well i've worked for george mm -hmm. um a few times and you know he, he he's got that eye that you know that no matter how it how it's done they can be critical and, and, and get to the final image. And for me personally, I love the mix of both. Uh, the crucial thing for me is whatever tells the story the best way and, and what whatever doesn't limit the story. Uh, and, you know, sometimes that's CG and sometimes that's practical and, you know, both is great. Uh, you always have um, boring old things like budgets and that sort of stuff <laughs> where all, and time right. you know so that might mean you go CG or practical mm -hmm. you know varies but for me it's always serve the story serve the characters yeah I mean it is a it is a tool do you know George Miller was here I, they had a big Mad Max free representation mm -hmm. here at Comic Con like three years ago I guess and I just hearing him talk I was so like mm -hmm. Like, he's amazing. He's just so incredible just to listen to him and, you know, just his observations. And, you know, talking about Comic-Con was so cool. So, <laughs> yes, right. must be quite an experience. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he's good to work. Yeah, yeah. he's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope he gets to make another movie someday. <laughs> yeah, I think they got some legal things going on with uh, Warner Brothers right now. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, as soon as that's out the way, who knows what we can yeah. do. Well, hopefully, because he's definitely one of the greats. Um, now, do you guys come to Comic-Con every year, or is this your first this time? This is my first Comic-Con. I've been once before. Wow, okay. Well, I think one of the coolest things about coming here is meeting people like yourselves who are so integral to the worlds that we, you know, that you're obviously very creative people, you know, that put a lot into your work, and, you know, you don't get sung too much. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. no offense to that, but, you know, you're like... 
you know, at least with this book, you're getting a chance to shine. Yes, yeah. no. <laughs> and that's what's really great about coming here, though, is getting to meet other artists, you know. Um, Jeff Darrow, uh, who worked on The Matrix, I, I had, I was colouring him his artwork on Paradise Lost, which is a film that fell over, but it was great to meet him in person finally, you know, and a couple of other guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's all right. I, I like going to the panels and everything. Because the thing about the people who are appearing here, uh, they're all in it because of their love and, and like, they come from, they're still, they still are fans. We still are fans. That's why we went to that step of actually doing doing this. For right, right. Like, when did you come before? When did you come to come and come before? About 10 years oh, ago. Oh, a long time. Like yeah. yeah. It, was, it was big then. And we were into the realm of, of the comic book movies and that sort of thing. But I think I think this is bigger again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a lot more mm. now. Uh, so t- tell me a little bit more about the book. Um, I mean, just with us. So what was like? Uh, I always find that, like, you know, with this kind of a job. So you both worked on the drawings. You said because of the always, time. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we basically split the load. Uh, the way it went. We, we talked about this a little bit before. But um, basically, we, we split the load so that the, the living quarters, which is the first set that's up, it's, it's chronological to his descent into madness, right. really. So his first representation is fairly innocent, and Matt and I both just double teamed that as hard as we could. And then the next set was the lab, which was huge, and uh, we knew that the portrait work for Elizabeth Shaw was going to be after that, which is an equal amount of work, but not as huge. Right. And so, in- yeah, intricate in another way. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. They were inten- just as intense, but in different fashions. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah, right. And so we knew that, like after the experience of that first set, that we were going to have to put off that way. But the good thing was that we already been working together. So, yeah. yeah. Did you? What did you use to do the drawings? What was the medium you used? Charcoal and quill and ink. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Which was my first time using that stuff. <laughs> so again, I had to bluff my way through that. Do you do, I mean, you obviously, you you know, you're artists, but I mean, do you do a lot of art, like doodles or drawing? I mean, you do... Uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I still do a lot of digital stuff, but I, I like using uh, real, uh, you know, tools, but I'm probably more equal in it. Um, Matt spends a lot more time doing traditional pencil stuff. Well, I, I always start that way. Um, having said that, I haven't picked up a paintbrush in decades. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, since it, when digital first started, I got into that just because practicality and that sort of thing. But I always make sure I start off traditionally. Um, and, and you buy the same token. Yeah, Even when true. you're doing your texture stuff, you take photos and, and yeah. find that find the things and yeah everything. totally so yeah. yeah 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 well i mean it's interesting too because the part of the idea was you know this guy's been trapped on an uh, you know a yeah. planet yeah. he doesn't have much to do but draw so it's not like there's a couple of doodles yeah it's yeah, like a right. room ten full of ten, 10 years right. yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. so how long did it take you to do this uh yeah not we, 10 years yeah <laughs> no. that would have been nice yeah, yeah. <laughs> stop. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 10 days yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, we went straight for about eight months, seven, eight months of, uh, we didn't have a day off, we just, we worked. Oh, wow. Yeah. Holy it was cow. 12 to 16 hour days, and if it wasn't that, it was longer. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, you, you also do storyboards? Do both of you do storyboards? Oh, Matt's actually yeah. a storyboard. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'd like, I did, I did prep for this interview. No, and more, then it, more than usual. Yeah. Uh, and then I came to Comic-Con, and it all, like, was like, woo, okay. We did. Yeah. yeah. So, so don't when you ask the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear. Uh, but so yeah. So you. But what kind of movies have you worked on? Did you storyboards or some of the uh, ones? 
I jumped between live action and and animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing I storyboarded on was, was Aquaman. Um, oh. Oh no, actually, uh, an Aussie low budget zombie movie. Oh, okay. Um, but, but yeah. Uh, and then I, I jump around like character design and, and, and you know, right. pretty much everything under the sun. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, well, I mean, with storyboards, obviously, you know, a little bit allied with comics, you know, a yeah. little bit. That's so. the most direct analogy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the more you do it, the more disparate they, they seem because uh, they do with time completely differently. But that's absolutely the closest sort of touchstone for, for people because you are planning the movie out you know in, in still frames right and, and that's sort of thing. Yeah, yeah yeah i mean i am totally fascinated by that process as well i have a lot of friends who have been in comics and then they've kind of moved into storyboards um you know and it's always oh well, that's how it happened yeah, for me yeah I, I had done comics ah uh, alex uh, Proyas saw them and said do you want to come into the storyboard yeah, right. Oh, okay. Sense. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so, you, you, you're a success story <laughs> or an unsuccess story. You want to do comics? Would you like to do comics sometime? I'd or? love to get back to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the joke is, is that um, behind it, it, like every successful storyboard artist is an unsuccessful comic yeah. artist. But, but, uh, but uh, yeah. some directors do their own storyboards too, though, right? Yeah, like, well, Ridley Ridley's Scott. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, well, Getting he. Back to Covenant, Ridley, Ridley's. Ridley Grams, as they call them, are great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he, I think, I mean, obviously he had a background as a designer, but I think he also had some inklings of being an illustrator or a cartoonist. Oh, and stuff. fine art. Yeah. yeah. He, he, I think he did eight years. I think that's what he, because he told us when we first met him that he did, I think it was eight years. Yeah. Of art yeah. Or something like right. that. Right. And he was grilling us on what, what schools we went to. <laughs> and we're like, oh, sorry, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that you, you said you worked on Aquaman, of course, uh, we're going to turn off the tape and we're going to chat a little bit here. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I don't know what you can say about it. I will say uh, everything that I've seen just in the marketing campaign looks mm. incredible. Mm. I, I, you like underwater stuff? or? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I, it was great fun to mm. work on Aquaman, and, and I like that uh, in, in a similar way to Wonder Woman, it's being true to the character. It's, it's not sort of reacting against, oh, this is what in, this is what's in at the moment, this is what's out. It, it's it's just like, well, this is Alphagaria, this is the King Arthur thing, you know. That sort of view ra- rather than, you know, yeah. some flighty reaction. Well, I'm going to say, this, this is my opinion, because I don't want to get you guys in trouble, but uh, I do think that a lot of the Warner Brother movies have a lot better like the set design and the the kind of the special effects and just the world building is a little bit more uh, detailed and interesting to me than some of the Marvel movies. I mean, yeah, I think right. that's a big rap against the Marvel movies is that they kind of look the same. Oh, look, voices for horses and <laughs> yeah. everybody's subjective. And are you including like the Nolan stuff as well? Or? I think with him, he's more in. I mean, there's definitely world building in there. I don't. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, yes, uh, it's definitely he's into the look of the whole thing. So, I mean, I love the Marvel movies, don't get me wrong. But I do think it's some of the Warner movies. I mean, like, I thought, like, you know, the Zack Snyder stuff, I thought they, I mean, they look incredible, mm-hmm. you know? And I actually enjoy them. I'm a Zack Snyder fan, too. So I guess I well, like he movies. He really great concept artists. <laughs> yeah. Does, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he has a great eye as well, mm-hmm. you know? He must have a great eye. So, um, 
Well, cool. So what's what's ne- next for you? Now, do you want to come back to Comic-Con? Uh, you got now? I would you- love to. Yeah, I'd love to. Please, anyone wanting to invite us, you just say so and we'll be here. Okay. Yeah. There you go. You heard it here first. Uh, so what's next What's next project for you guys? Um, I'm actually making a film, a uh, short film, uh, with a, a little studio in LA called Crypt TV. And I've got a lot of my film buddies on. Odd Studios doing the monster for me. Um, and it is super gross because I love that sort of stuff. Say that you're writing and directing. I am writing and directing. Okay. Yeah, Matt. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to, you know, keep uh, mix it up, mix it up, man. Yeah, yeah. Matt? Um, uh, more, more movies for me, I guess. Mm, yeah. I'm doing a science fiction thing at the moment. Mm. You know, hopefully more of that towards the end of the year. And right. So you're, you're just always working, aren't you? Pretty like, much. Let's get us Matt Hat. We gotta get Matt Hat. <laughs> um, and, and other stuff that's sort of outside of movies as well. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, listen, it's really a pleasure talking to you guys and meeting you guys. Uh, you know, again, your work really, uh, really had its intended effect. On oh, me wow. and the Thank movie. you so much. So, yeah, Thank yeah, you. very much so. Uh, and enjoy the rest of your Comic Con. All right. Thank you. Yes, thanks a lot. <laughs>